You're listening to the Anomalous Podcast Network. Multiple voices, one phenomenon. Welcome back, everybody, to the Disclosure Team YouTube channel. I'm your host, Vinny Adams. Uh, it's good to see everybody here in the live chat already. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've been um, following all the information of the aerial case since I first heard about it. Uh, anyone familiar with my channel from last year, I interviewed Gunter Hofer, who was um, working with Cynthia Hind at the time and was on the scene uh, following the case that same week. Um, so that if you haven't heard that, I highly recommend it. Gunter is just a wealth of knowledge and information, as well as a lovely guy. So go and check that out. Um, but let's not waste any more time. Let's bring in my guest today. Um, I would like to welcome and introduce Mr. Randall Nickerson. Randall, how are you? Hi, great, Vinny. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. And I call out to Gun Gunter. Yeah, I love what you said about Gunter. That's a, he's a really good man. Absolutely. Uh, so, Randall, I think it'd be great if we could just start with a little bit of a background for yourself, you know, uh, your career and how you got into filmmaking, if you don't mind. Uh, it started when I was a kid, actually. Um, my mom gave me a camera. I think I was in fifth grade. And then uh, she bought a really nice video camera And when I was in like eighth grade for her. And I'm the one that ended up using it all the time. And I just shot and shot and shot and a lot of nature because I was I grew up in a log cabin out in the middle of the hundreds of acres and uh, across from my grandfather's farm. And um, anyway, I never I, I love the camera. I love filming, uh, you know, being able to not just only say, you know, um, see something, but be able to t show the story to somebody else. Like, yeah, I really did encounter that bear. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because people are like, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that was started. And then I uh, I started doing stand in work on films, big movies like Mermaids and um, School Ties, Blown Away, all that. Standing in for a lot of very well-known people. And I learned when you do stand in work, you're around the camera a lot director and the lighting people are there director photography director photography is there as a camera i was like god i like this <laughs> <laughs> and i um you know i went through a, a little rough time in my 20s and um i uh came back to it and i started making really short films and um you know five minute films fictional and then i was down in New York City on 9-11, I was two blocks north when that happened. And I had my camera rolling. Wow. And, um, I, it was that moment that I, I said, I need to tell stories, real stories, not fictional stories, real stories. And that's that because I, I, it was in that moment I felt, God, what do I have to give? 
Mm. You know, I saw like many of my friends that were in the building that were all around. Um, we all had different experiences, but it changed all our lives. And that's really what started me to say, I'm, uh, that's it. I'm making, uh, making movies to help, you know, to help, uh, us. I mean, when you see airplanes go into buildings, uh, you, you, uh, you realize something's wrong. And yeah. You I'm need sure. To help yeah. Situation somehow. Yeah. What an effect that must've had. Absolutely. And so when did string theory films come about? I think <laughs> I had a company called string theory piano. So I was a pianist, uh, tuned pianos, repaired pianos still do. Uh, it's, that's, I can do that anywhere in the world and, um, focusing more on playing at the moment. And, uh, so, and then it went to when I really decided to, I started string theory films <laughs> and, uh, and the reason string theory, like I do understand some of the science of it, um, probably more than most. Um, but it was the fact that things are, everything's connected that, uh, really struck me. Yeah. And I really believe it. it explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, I mean, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of the story um, of the aerial school sighting, initially now, uh, since the release, how has it been received? Are you happy? Has it exceeded expectations? Yeah. By a long shot. I mean, as far as uh, people seeing and commenting and it's just, uh, I, yeah, it just feels very good. Um, I know that the witnesses and some of the teachers have, that have talked to me like what I did. And to me, that that's important. If, if the people you're, your, your subject matter is on are happy. That's, that's the win for me. <laughs> um, but it's doing well. We, um, we just found out we had a launch on May 9th and you know, what didn't go very well. Yeah. So we had one it guy and one te team look at it and then another team. And they both told us we were hacked on May 19th. So wow. it wasn't our fault. I can finally say that the paperwork and all that stuff, we'll, we'll, we'll be transparent about it. Um, but we're trying to trace it back to uh, where it originated. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I was following the release and everything and I saw the, the difficulties you encountered, but it, you know, it, I knew it would be just something prosaic and normal and out of your control. Um, so that's understandable. We were ready. I mean, that's what bothered me. It's like, and everybody was like, wait a second. How, <laughs> how was it us? And then when we had, uh, you know, these IT forensics guys look at all the logs and, and you know, the, the server itself, they found it. Right. And um, so it was a kind of a surprise. You know, I didn't expect that. I was thinking, oh, somebody on my team messed up. And that <laughs> wasn't it. So I don't know. All you can do is move through that stuff. But we did. I do want to tell the public that that yeah. that was somebody. Some yeah, somebody uh, wanted that taken down. You know, make, make they wanted to make it very difficult for us. <laughs> well, it got resolved. It got resolved. <laughs> it got resolved, and we're good. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously, you released it independently. Uh, I just wondered what made you choose that route, other than any of the uh, other options. Let's say. 
Well, I had some huge options. Oh, I'm sorry, my phone is. Um, I had some huge options. Um, I don't know how much I can speak about this. Uh, I had one with one of the biggest streamers in their wow. specialty, their originals department. So that went on um, for about eight months and uh, they wanted to make changes and their, the changes they wanted to make, I did not agree with at all because they had nothing to do with the story. So that went and uh, that went away. And then another very large uh, movie company, um, one of the largest, I can't believe I told them, sorry, no. I can't believe that. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but they, again, they were, they wanted to change the story. They didn't have a date of when it would be released. And I, in January, I said, that's it. That's it. I'm putting this out myself. Um, at great risk, to be honest, because of, I had, I mean, I, the money I was offered was, I wouldn't be, panicking <laughs> at all <laughs> be in a good place and be like, okay. Yeah. But it was, you know, they wanted to change something that was already good. Yeah. You know, told in first person, no one else needed to be in that movie except the people that witnessed it. Everybody's first person in the film. And that's rare. Um, yeah. It's no hearsay. It's none of that. So it's been a struggle, you know, with uh, the powers that be in the film world. Um, but I'm hoping that's going to come around now that I've put it out and that it's doing well and that it, people, you know, those people are seeing like, well, whatever this guy did, it's working, you know, it works as a film and people are really taken for a ride. Um, and that's exciting. So I expect things to change pretty quick. I'm already seeing the, the, um, I'm getting some calls and emails already. So that's great. So hopefully by August, it's going to be everywhere. And that was the point to make this film, like get it out. I want everybody in the world to see this, not for me, not for the money. It's just for the, do you guys understand this happened? You know, and it's not just one incident. There's it's, this stuff has been happening a long time all over the globe. There's, this is just one story. There's a lot more stories. So yeah, that's great. That's really good to hear. And I think the, the one thing that stands out for me in this documentary is that it's not just a UFO documentary. It's It's got everything in it. It's beautiful. It's moving. You know, I have a really supportive partner, but we don't sit down together and watch UFO documentaries. But with this one, we did. And she was blown away by it. And I think that really just shows your work, is, you know, and how great it was. And like you said, if it was changed by a big network or anything, it may not have had that raw emotion or effect that it that it has got so you know i respect that your decisions an awful lot to not just go with the the big paycheck and stay true to the to the the kids i suppose yeah. more than anything really? it was it was true to the kids and true to the story yeah i appreciate that thank you and i i um yeah i, I do hope that uh reaches a lot of and i didn't want to do a typical ufo film because it's its own genre become its own genre yeah. and it's like well why aren't we telling these real stories about people in the way we tell real stories about somebody that's in any other situation 
you know, we treat it with a different way. And I wanted to say, well, let's do that with this. It's just as important. Why should we have this standard thing about UFO, the way to make a UFO movie? So I wanted to break that, not use a, a um, narrator and tell it as if it's in real time and, and uh, make the person feel like they're with these. It was all real. We, every shot was like, it really happened. We didn't stage that, any of that. It was, it was kind of run and gun, they call it where you're, you're trying to keep up with what's going on and you're hopefully not behind the people when it's happening. <laughs> you, know, you, go, you try to want to, you got to get in the front, but you'll see a couple behind shots where it's like, ah, I'm behind them <laughs> and I, or behind Emily or behind somebody. I'm like, okay, damn it. Got to move around. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of running, not just me, but Christopher too. He, yeah. He's been amazing as a story editor, editor, yeah, he's he's been great. Brilliant man. Went to high school with him. Wow. Yeah. So you, you bounce off each other well then. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've got a <laughs> very true. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we uh yeah, we got a lot of history. Good stuff. So let's jump back like fifteen years or so. And when the aerial case first came on your radar, do you remember how that happened? John Mack, uh, at his, I believe it was his office. I keep trying, I mean, I keep remembering about that. Like, where was that? I think it was his office uh, boardroom, like in his place. And he showed the video of these kids. And I'm like, caught my attention right away. Um, just because they, they were telling the truth about something for sure. And I didn't know too much about the incident or how, what happened, but I, I listened to them. And then, uh, yeah, it wasn't until 12 years later that I got the offer to, to tell the story. It was like, absolutely. And then it became bigger than I thought it was, you know, everything, every time I found out something new about it, you know, more footage was out there. The BBC reporter, what? You know, it just kept adding up. I'm like, oh, my God, this was huge. Like, it affected a lot of people's lives. Um, parents, I mean, everybody around that area. Yeah. I Yeah, I can't wait till more people go public and talk. Because there's plenty of witnesses. And not outside the school. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had to cut all those people out of the movie to concentrate on Ariel. Wow. But there are a lot of witnesses that also saw this thing. So I, I have no I have no problem with critics or debunkers. I don't care. <laughs> bring it. Bring it. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> um, interesting. I just don't. I And it's like I've got so much in the can that if I, whatever people bring up, you know, if I need to, to say, I'm sorry, that's wrong. I got video and I got and not just that other things to to prove it. Wow. That's good that's, to have. I didn't it's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't let people know. And then they're because they're gonna say <laughs> who knows, but I'm not worried about critics, but sure, I I'll understand. So tell us a bit more about John Mack. I mean, meeting the guy, it must have been something special, you know. Can you talk about what he was like? And you know, we all hear about him and we read about him, but I'd love to know from someone that's 
spent time with him, what, what he was like and how he, how he rubbed off on you, let's say. Um, John, I, he was a gentle, inquisitive man, uh, a thinker, a, a giant thinker. You know, uh, I'll never forget sitting in a room with him, just talking with him and looking at his eyes. I'm like, wow, this guy is brilliant. You know, yeah, he, he's on another he's on another plane uh, of of intelligence. Um, yeah, he was a good man. And, and he took the fight. He oh, yeah. put his whole life on the line. Like, his, you know, I'm not saying, you know. His family, relationships, friendships, he put everything on the line. His career, you know. Yeah. So when someone does that, it's hard to not respect that, you know, and uh, honor that. Like, no matter, doesn't, I had disagreements with John too. <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, but I don't care. He did something that very few people do. Yeah. None of us will, he will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, let's talk about making the documentary. I'd love to hear some behind the scenes stories. Of, if you could just, you know, regale us with some tales, that would be amazing. Uh, well, my first trip, I was alone. And, uh, well, no, I, I was alone for a long time, but I first went into the country with Mickey Carter one of the other reporters and uh, uh, that was in 08 when Zimbabwe was having, you know, major uh, political upheaval. I was warned by the state department not to go into the country. And then I found out I wasn't supposed to be in the country at all. So we flew in, she was South African, I was American and I had all this camera gear and we spread it amongst all the bags. There was a lens over here, the mic was in like her pocketbook. <laughs> and we, we, we went in like a couple, like we, we acted like a couple. When we landed at the airport, there's this guy in a business suit. I mean, thousands of dollars business suit, big gold watch, phone in his hand, and he followed us everywhere. And this was the CIO, which is basically their intelligence. And they, he, he stood behind us very close. We knew it was, they were trying to figure out who we were. Right. And uh, he stood so close behind us and we just played it. Nikki acted, I acted, cause we had to, you know, we just played it like we're going on safari in, in Zimbabwe. And uh, then we got out of the airport, it was fine. Um, they didn't, nobody followed us out there and I, stayed in a shack at um, this man named Jemmy. Jem, what an ma amazing man. He just passed away last year. And, um, he, <laughs> they had this beautiful house and, and, and I, they had a room for me, but for some reason they put me in a shack <laughs> away from the house. And maybe that was for a reason. So if I got in trouble, they wouldn't be coming in. I don't know, but no hot water, no electricity, spiders all over the place. <laughs> Oh my God. And then, uh, I mean, there's so many stories. It was a trip and that was trip one. And then driving around, I'll never forget. I'm driving down a two lane highway. It must be 15 feet across at night. Cause I did most of my driving around Africa at night. And there's this thing looked like a fire hose going across one side of the 
highway to the other. And I came up, you know, with my low beams and it's a snake. Oh. It was so big from one side of the highway to the other. He was just warming himself on the tar. And then I got close and that thing boogied. I don't even know how fast that, that thing was fast. It, it was probably a rock, rock python. That's the biggest ones in Africa. But man, <laughs> I usually stop and look at snakes when I pass them. But that one was so big. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting out of that car. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but man, there's just stories after stories. Yeah. That's when I first, When I first got back from the first trip and uh, I got back in 2009, or actually Christmas Day on 2008. But uh, I didn't know if I was going to make it home. Really? Wow. I mean, because I had gone through so many things in Africa, you know, people trying to mug you, kill you, things happen. Uh, I ran into a lot of that. And I really felt at a certain point, like, I don't know when to leave and when's the right time to leave. And <laughs> it was funny. This may sound strange, but I was photographing the sky the clouds and i have this photograph the photograph was an airplane i mean the cloud was in the shape of an airplane extraordinarily odd cloud and i was like okay i'm leaving it's time to leave and i did and i made it but i when i got home i was like i didn't think i was gonna make it back mm. i don't know if people understand what that's like but when you're in countries you, you do you, you you worry about your life it's not like flying in to have a vacation i'm driving on this you know i'm staying yeah. in villages shacks you know all kinds of different places and uh and bad stuff happens great people though i love the the african people but there is a criminal element that is disturbing yeah sure that's really fascinating okay, uh, can i tell you one more please do quick, quick. So I, I, I landed in Johannesburg, which is like one of the cat murder capitals of the world. Yeah. And they drove me to where I was staying. And there was a 12 foot fence wall around the whole place with razor wire on top. And then I saw the guy with the machine gun out front. And I'm like, it was, he had an M4. I'm like, I am not in America anymore. Oh my God. And I, you know, it was at that time. It's like, it scared me. And I was like, I don't, I may, I might want to go home. Seriously. I really had to consider like, I either do this or I don't. And if I do this, I'm going to have to buck up, you know, and, and really figure out how to survive there. Cause it is quite dangerous when you have, when you need guard guarding like that, you got <laughs> criminal. There's got to be a criminal element that's pretty heavy duty, which I found out later. But uh, anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, that's fascinating. I, you know, I love these firsthand experiences. Uh, yeah, it, it really is uh, amazing. But I'd love to know about the process of tracking down the witnesses and how that was for you. Whether it was, you know, you had any roadblocks along the way, and and just the general, you know, trying to get them all together. Yeah. Well, um, the first thing I did was uh, MySpace at the time, where I had help from the Jurd family. Um, and they also helped me set up a, 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 a page for Facebook. And a lot of people were on Facebook. 
which I mean, it just kind of really started taking off at this, that point. Mm. Um, and I tell you, if it wasn't when it was, it wasn't for that platform, I probably wouldn't have found most of them, but that's how I initially started doing it. And then, then they were hearing who, who's this guy making a story about our story. <laughs> it was very interesting. Some people's attitudes. It was great though. Um, and then I started getting, you know, they started contacting me and I'm still getting contacted by kids that were there who finally, you know, found out because some people aren't living in West, the Western world at all. Mm. Uh, you know, they don't even have computers. Some of them. I found, yeah, I found that when trying to track a few down myself for interviews and they are, they're scattered literally all four corners of the globe. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So do you think like with these, you say you've still got them coming forward, could we see like a, an extended version of the film in the future with extra scenes with new witnesses? Well, the film was, <laughs> our, you know, we had a four hour rough cut when we started and we had to wow. whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down. So the version that I wanted to put out was two hours, 12 minutes, something like that. But nobody would take a two hour, 12 minute movie. You know what I mean? Like I had to get it down. It's 90 minutes is the standard. Yeah. So I, I'm over that by eight minutes, but that's fine. I had to get into that certain area where, you know, you have people's attention. That's when they start to lose attention is after 90 minutes, unless it's really good. Um, and then, so yeah, the, the director's cut still exists. So we already did it. Um, it's just a longer version. And uh, we're going to look at it again just to see how we can make it better, even better, and put more into it. Um, but, yeah, that'll be a worthy watch because there's just so many great things that we had to cut, you know. We had, we had yeah. hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. It was 400 and then another 200 in B-roll. So we, we had a huge amount of films. Most films have 100 hours, 200 hours. We had about 600. Wow. Lots That's incredible. Films. I'd yeah. certainly watch. I'd watch easily watch four or five hours of it. I can tell That's, you right it now. It is fascinating. Just That's watching all the archival back to back to back to back. You're like, oh, I know that kid. That's that. Yeah. Guy. You know, yeah. I had to figure out how who who was who. I had pictures, and I was like, okay, drawings. Whose drawings is is this? You know, all this cross referencing to figure out who was who. Subtleties in their language. Something, mm. you know, they talked about a tuck shop. I didn't understand what that was. You know what it is, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> we have them at school here. Oh, they, that's what they call it in England as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So there was, and there was another word for carpool uh, that I didn't understand what they were even talking about. And I finally figured that out. Um, but yeah, this language things that happened. That's amazing. Now, there was one point, wasn't there, in the making of this where, and maybe before the making, but where there was rumor that the school had burnt down. <laughs> yeah, was, Can you talk about that and how that, how it must have felt deflating, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had no hope after a little while. I uh, was, after I got Max footage and started looking at that and like, how am I going to make a movie with just this stuff? You know, it's not enough. So I tried to track down the school and people told me it was burnt down, that it had been abandoned, that's no longer a school anymore, over and over. 
And and then uh, I don't know how I got in touch or we got in touch. Somebody gave me the name and I think I, I called her. She was a reporter, Nikki Carter in, in South Africa. And uh, she said, yeah, it's still there. There's three teachers that are still there from 1994. My nephew went. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I was like, very next day I booked my flight. Cause I, and then I, you know, it took like two months to prepare. Like I had to pack my gear. I had to look, I didn't want to draw too much attention. Um, and then I got on the plane and I realized, oh yeah, I am not prepared for this at all. <laughs> Everybody on the plane's warning me, like, you need to be careful in this country, really careful over and over and over on the plane. But, uh, and then I just, when I got on the ground, I just bought their clothes that they wore so I wouldn't stand out because, and, and their shoes. Like, I just didn't want to stand out. But, um, but yeah, the, anyway, I'll stop talking again. No, no, please. I love it. I, I really do. <laughs> I can keep going on, but uh, yeah. Was, did no, I answer also, your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, this is the thing, and I said this before we came on that wherever this conversation goes if it goes on a tangent that's absolutely great i love those you know organic conversations so please don't worry about talking too much people are here to listen to you <laughs> but yeah, so one thing i really well. yeah go ahead no sorry i just wanted to talk about this part of the story which i've heard here and there is that there was supposedly a uranium mine nearby and this is what these beings may well have been doing in that location are you able to talk about that to any degree um hmm. how did that get out <laughs> i can't remember to be honest that's really interesting i i you know there's somebody else uh that can speak to that that's uh, uh i'd rather not say anything but to to say that person will he's got a lot lot more credibility than i do and uh, I hope he uh, shares it with with the world. But it's interesting. Mm. I did look at that um, when it was brought up to me. But it's not my story. I don't know. It makes sense, though, in the larger picture. You know, if that's the case, which I do. God, this is hard. <laughs> how do I <laughs> how do I tell things and not tell things at the same time? It's tricky <laughs> <laughs> to not violate people's confidence, not step yeah. on their 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 additions to the story, which are from their own work and their own well <laughs> investigations. So um but yeah, that the whole nuclear thing is very interesting. They seem to be very focused around that stuff. And I seems like a message. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. fair enough. I, I I won't push you too far. I understand. You know, you, you have to keep certain things to yourself and not divulge things if people have told you things in confidence or they're not ready to talk yeah. about their, their work. That's that's fully understandable. So, Funny we can move on. Yeah. On. I just want to give a shout out because Gunter's here right now. Oh my that. god. <laughs> <laughs> What a what an amazing man Gunter is. He's yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. I just uh, you know, humble and very wise. And I loved our conversations. Because yeah. he, he makes he made me think, you know, on a deeper level about things. And obviously he had thought a lot out. 
over the years that takes that takes a long time absolutely yeah, i hope he's doing well with his his uh wife and and son right i think it's his son his child i know he had a child yeah gunter yep. you can gunter you're gonna uh, get a, another message from me soon because it's about time you came back on for the third time man it's always always a great conversation yeah. um so listen, let's go a bit down the speculative route. I mean, you must over the years have theorized about what these beings might have been and the messages that they may be bringing. So are you able to talk on maybe if that's changed over the years and maybe where it lies now with you? Yeah, I, I went on a long journey, I guess, with that whole thing feeling like I didn't, I didn't, I still cannot say I know, you know, I definitely yeah. have evolved my perspective. Um, and that came a lot largely due to traveling all over the world, flying all over the world, you know, myself. And then not, not literally, <laughs> but just flying and being above the ground and looking at our planet and looking at things and taking pictures of things from the air. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we, I think people have gotten into this argument about they're good or bad or, you know, malignant, benign, evil, good, you know. I just don't want to go. It's just not about that, you know. Mm. I don't think that's what we're looking at. Um, I think we're looking at an evol extremely evolved species. I mean, God only knows how long they've been around. Um, and I think they look at this planet as something rather unique, not the only one, of course, but um, unique as a biosphere full of, full of all kinds of life that are unique to this solar system. That's my feeling, like that they're not, that they're concerned about, the planet itself and what it supports, not just human beings. Mm. Uh, that's where I've come to. And I, and I, and that makes sense to me when I think about all the people I've talked with and all the things I've learned from those people, all the events that I'm aware of, there's a very consistent that they're not, they don't seem to be, they seem to be being very careful and uh, very kind of you know you call it covert but i mean it's when you tame we're an untamed species and we don't even know that we're wild animals because we haven't had a higher order species interact with us so when so that higher order species like when we go to tame an animal is going to take its time that's the only way you do it takes mm. a long time and they're dealing with a colony of human beings, a whole bunch of them. So this is, I'm just saying my, my thought, my current thought. No, that's great. But it, you know, and uh, what it seems like is they're taking their time. They don't want to freak us out, but they want us to change. And I don't understand. I think we need to know why they're here and what their intentions are. Um, yeah. I think it's really important for us. We need to, we don't know. We, we, we've only seen what they've, you know, what's been available. 
there's tons more and we can make educated decisions the more data we have so yeah. that's i am for that we need we need that much as i possible. agree and totally. it's happening that's what i can't believe like oh my god you know nasa starts their ufo program <laughs> yeah you heard Definitely. what Tim said today, that astronaut from England? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been discussing it all day with some of my really? colleagues. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's because he spoke only a month or two ago, and he came at it from a bit more of a skeptical viewpoint, and he seems like he's now becoming more and more comfortable talking about it, which is amazing. That's great. So That's the way it's going to go. The more people that are willing to take the risk, the more people will follow that. And there's plenty of people out there. And a lot of the guys, you know, they're pilots, military pilots. They're like hardcore jobs that people trust their lives with these people. They're not. They don't make this stuff up. <laughs> they have no reason to do so. Uh, and they've seen a lot. Yeah. 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 And I love it. Bring them. Anybody, please come. You know, if you if this is probably the best time ever, you're going to get to come forward and we it's going to shift. We got to make this transition to say, all right, they're out there. And you go to Africa, you know, they think you're crazy if you don't think there's anything out there. <laughs> yeah. They really do. They, they're, they, uh, I remember standing next to this guy and he, you know, I asked him, he was in, in one of the villages and we were staring at the sky and he's like, do you think, I said to him, do you think? there's anything out there and he said he looked at me like really strange and he's like of course <laughs> he thought it was insane <laughs> to even say that anyways it's funny uh so many stories so, i guess you must have obviously looked at this some of the other school cases i know in a recent interview you mentioned that you actually went out to wales to, to the broad uh, investigate the broadhaven case and yeah. am i right in saying that they were not comfortable with coming forward no, they were not. Um, I spoke to three of them privately and uh, wanted to do it on camera. Uh, I did go to the library uh, and I recovered all their drawings. Um, there was a library across from Broadhaven that has all their drawings. That was important to me as how it compared to Ariel. Yeah. Um, but they all told me it happened for real. And they were just, they don't, it, it had already caused so much trouble in their lives. They just didn't think there was going to be anything good to come from them being on camera anymore. I guess you have to respect that. It's, and, I do. You know, in the UFO community, we probably, you know, we just want as many people to come forward. But we, you know, I always try and take a step back and imagine the, the ridicule and the stigma they must have been through for the 40 plus years since it happened. You know, is that something that you've seen change during the filming of? you know, 15 years of making Ariel. Have you yeah. seen that stigma change? Yes, I have. Uh, that's good. I mean, you think about when Wales happened, that was, I think, 76, Seven, right? 77. 77. Mm. Um, they, I mean, that it was really rough back then. The people in the 80s, they had it a slightly little better. The 90s, maybe a little bit more. And then now, I mean, ever since that New York Times article, and the Pentagon stuff, uh, things have began, begun to shift in sort of a fa at a faster pace. Um, so yeah, I've seen, I, I've seen 
they were diagnosing people in the 70s as schizophrenic if they had seen something like this. And then they moved it to another psychological, you know, um, manifestation. And, and it just went on and on and on. I don't think we got one now. Mm. But, you know, not that, not, not that everybody's healthy in the field, but, um, you know, we're, I think we're in a good place. And uh, one of the things that keeps a lot of people from coming out, I can tell you that, is, is, is the, you know, the conference, the sort of, uh, I don't know, the hype of it all. Mm. Um, they just don't want to, that's not their forum. You know, they want to come out in uh, a session of Congress or something like that. They, that's how a lot of people think. So you won't see any of those people at anything. Or you, yeah. you don't even know their names, you know? It's like, um, you may. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. We all we all meet these people that just want to be quiet, you know? Even though oh, they, yes. they could come out and make a big difference because of who they are. Um, yeah, I've got a great question here from uh, from Wilfred. He asks, "What made the most impact personally making the film?" Hmm. Um, finishing it, <laughs> and one way, oh, man, I was impacted by so many things. Being able to capture it. You know, while it was happening in real time and uh, to be able to be in these kids' lives and have them trust me that I wasn't going to exploit them or, you know, hurt them in that way at all. Um, yeah, I felt honored that they trusted me and they, and they allowed me to film. Mm. It was such a delicate environment, which is why I didn't want any crew with me, because I knew it was a one-on-one conversation. You start to pe put people in the room, it changes everything. You don't get good interviews with a lot of equipment. You get good interviews with a lot of eye contact and trust building. Yeah. Um, so some of my shots are lacking a certain lighting or whatever, you know, but it's more powerful to see truth. Truth, man, it's on the wrong track. They got to go to back to truth because that sells. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that, that raw. Looks like. Yeah, that raw feel to some of those scenes were moving because of the fact that it wasn't just a big setup, lit set. It was pure, organic, and real. So I felt it. Definitely. That's great. Um, Jay Allen's got a great question here. Have there been any follow-ups to the events? Were there any kind of hitchhiker-type events following? Um, and then any, any ongoing events this day with these beings? With that, with the kids? Yeah. Like, have they have experienced any, you know, I suppose, effects since the, the incident and lived with any kind of, you know, we talk about the hitchhiker effect where strange things happen to people that have been witness to, to UFO sightings. So... I wondered if any of the kids have talked about anything strange still occurring in their lives during during your time knowing them. They have. I, I they have asked me not to speak about it. You know, because yeah, it's I can not. Respect that. I don't know how widespread it is, but I I can think of a few that I know. 
Ah. Well, I haven't even got that because I got there with them because they haven't even got there with that. You know what I mean? So I I have to start with Ariel where it all started. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I can't wait to have, start having them on, you know, on with me or on their own. Um, Cause it's their story. They can yeah. tell you better than I can. I mean, I know actually my value is I did all the research and did all the, you know, I know when things happen, but in, in, in what order and all that. Yeah. So that's where I'm helpful when they're on. It's like, Oh no, no, that was before they went out the first time. <laughs> no, that was after they ran in and told the teachers. Anyway, there's this, it was a whole event. It went on for yeah. 10, 15 minutes. It's a long no, time. But you also mentioned there were other sightings outside of the school because we know there was some rocket reentry or talk of a rocket reentry around that week. But was there also other UFO sightings as well? Is there yes. anything you can tell us about that without breaking any trust or promises? Sure. It was um, according to what was a strategic air command at the time. There was a Russian. Uh, Russia launched a spy satellite on August 27th, 26th, 27th of the month before. And a rocket body, it's our 53A, I believe, is the number. Because I, I did a whole FOIA to the Strategic Air Command, which is now another organization. Um, I did, yes, uh, that and got that information. And oddly, that booster was not on that list. Um, but I do know that it probably did come over Africa on that Wednesday, but that was not what everybody saw. Sure. I mean that, you know, booster or rocket reentry. I've seen them before. It's pretty straight line, you know, arced arc, it arcs over the sky, but it's pretty consistent. The breakup little pieces. But when you talk to the, a lot of the people that were there, they talk about something that happened at uh, earlier that made turns, you know, that was close to the ground. That was silver, you know, that was a, in a disc shape. That wasn't that thing. And that kept happening over and over. I'm like, wow, okay, well, good cover. Do it right after a reentry <laughs> where you can just, you know, oh yeah, that was a reentry. No, there was, and then the pilots. There were multiple pilots that saw that thing, not just on Wednesday, but on Thursday. It was, it, it went on, this whole thing went on. You know how they call these things uh, waves, UFO waves or whatever? I don't know, I've heard of that in, in my country. And it's where they show up for, in one location for about a week. And um, that seems to be what is what happened there. There's multiple experiences. And I haven't found them all by far. That's fascinating. Sorry, I'm just having a bit of a technical issue here. There we go. I thought you were watching YouTube or something on the side. No, one of one of the guys in the chat has asked where he can watch Aerial Phenomenon in, in, in the UK. I think if you just go to aerialphenomenon.com, am I That's right? That's right. Yeah. We got it all smoothed out now. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I thought I had another question here. No, I didn't. So I'm going to go back to my questions. Now, what I found quite interesting was that you recently attended the SCU conference in Huntsville, Alabama. 
How was that? I mean, I saw a photo of you with Colonel John Alexander. Can you tell us any stories about people you met, any conversations that, without going into too much personal private information, how was it? It was great. And um, all I can really say is uh, it's just amazing to see the right people getting involved, finally. Like, I couldn't believe, I can't believe some of the people I'm meeting. It's just incredible and and it's and there's also that thank god thank god here they are because they're they're here the right people are here brilliant scientists navy air force army like the best of the best and i'm excited about that i had some just incredible conversations in the last 10 days I can't say anything at all. <laughs> of course, of course. I understand. I had to ask, you know, I it's appreciate okay. it. And I'm not I trying to be whatever. It's just. No, no. I totally I understand. That, but uh, wow. That's I just, mean, I saw some of the names of the people and, and photographs of people just at that conference. And it was a who's who of of the whole community. And it, it, yeah, I'd love to have been there. So, but no, I appreciate you. You know, you yeah, can't. What was exciting was to see a lot of. Uh, highly educated physicists and uh, the real the the big minds that were there, and I I watched I didn't really watch too many of the presentations. Well, I did, but not all of them. And but I when I watched, I was like, you know what? I think these guys got it. They're on the right track. They're doing everything the way it's supposed to be done. Scientific method, which is great. Love it. And uh, and they're just doing it, and it's the right group of people. So I feel like SCU is it's the only conference I go to, right? Because I'm only interested in the people that can solve it, right? And they have the sense. tools, you know. Yeah, they got the tools. That's what we need is uh, is access to those satellites, access to the platforms where we can document this st- stuff and learn more. Yeah, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, Great question here coming in from Christopher Plain. Hey, Chris, good to see you, my friend. Was there anything in Randall's research that caught him by surprise? Putting you on the spot here. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if I can share this. Yeah. We won't sell anyone. <laughs> um, it was when I went into the I, – I was like, well – I knew Zimbabwe had, you know, had radar at this time and definitely South Africa. South Africa is kind of the big, biggest military power south of Egypt. Um, so I went into the Air Force Base. I'm like, I'm going in. I'm going to ask him. And uh, so I went in, talked to this guy. He was the commander of the base. He brought and I said, I, you know, uh, I've seen some stuff and uh to hear about the aerial case and he brought me into his office with a female lieutenant colonel and he we said we went in his office and he he said yeah we see him all the time wow and i said what and i was like (laughs) can i record this (laughs) i was having my my camera in in like a bag hanging off my you know one of my small cameras for just this thing and he said no (laughs) 
And, and what was interesting is he said, um, we see him on radar all the time. And he said, what are you doing in this country? Why are you asking me this? Oh, this is your country. They're in charge of this stuff. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, well, they, they've been working on this. I was like, okay, interesting. Um, he said a few things to me and I followed up on those things, but it came from another military who told wow. me quite a mm. bit. Uh, that was surprising. I walked in there figuring he was going to say, get out of here. Yeah. UFOs. He's like, no, we see him on the radar all the time. At wow. Crazy speeds. Didn't expect a, that. No, I'd imagine not. So that really that is a, me by surprise. There you go, Chris. I hope that answered your question because that's amazing. Thank you so much for, for telling us that. Um, oh, we'll go to this question by Jay Allen because I'm interested in this too. Do you have any comments on the recent congressional hearings? Um, for example, they seem to be they're very basic, easily dismissed events. I just wondered if you had any overall thoughts on, on the hearings. Um, it's never been done before, which I – it's not – wasn't perfect. Uh, I would a lot liked a lot more time uh, allotted for that conversation. Um, I think it. I think it's the opening. They opened the door. Mm. To this. I really believe that this is not the last time that's going to happen. And a lot of the things are having happening behind closed doors at the Minority Report meetings, which you know, it's just the. They don't tell us that stuff, but that's where the real stuff gets discussed. So I don't know. It was kind of a, I can't believe that whole thing with the video. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Dude, I could have done that on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us could. Yeah. Yeah. One of us, I mean, wow. I wonder if that guy still has a job. <laughs> he just made the Navy look pretty bad and the Navy is not, the Navy's got their, their stuff together in general. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was funny. Um, but I, I'm just glad that finally, again, finally, finally, let's get to it. Yeah. Let's figure it absolutely. out. We need to figure it out as soon as possible. That's my perspective. Let's find out. Deal yeah. with it. Absolutely. Right. Well, I've come to the bottom of my question list. I have one final question, which is do you have any plans or thoughts? On doing another documentary maybe on ufos or are you working on anything at the moment um before i started ariel i was doing a, a documentary on bud hopkins before he died right so i shot for probably three years and um i made a 16 minute shortcut just a you know a sampler and uh then ariel came and i just took off on that so i have a whole movie in the can about bud whole nother movie about other people in Africa that witnessed a hundred witnesses of at least that I interviewed on the side, like, cause these people would say, yeah, I saw something. I'm like, would you be willing to talk about it on camera? And they did. So there's that. And there's another story that I, I, that's in Africa that I really want to do. And, um, you were able to tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I say anything, someone's going to do it. Oh, okay. I, need, I, I, need, I need a good six months off before I go back in there and do that one. That one's going to be yeah. tough, but amazing. 
It's an, another amazing story that hasn't been told. I there's so many stories out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, the best I'm ones kind of have been scrubbed, you know? I got this uh, Cynthia Hine book, UFOs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fascinating. Shout out to Gunter again who sent me Gunter. this. I mean, yeah. some incredible cases in this book. I'd recommend it to people, but it's a it's very expensive to, to find. But You're hard to find now. I heard Absolutely. the MIT conference book. Uh, you remember they had the MIT conference in 1992? Right. Yeah, they had it at MIT about this subject matter. The The textbook was this thick. That <laughs> textbook, which I have one because I was there, uh, what is worth $1,000 online Whoa. now. <laughs> wow. That's I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Just crazy. Wow. But yeah. yeah. Well, nice Randall, I mean, I've come to the end of the interview. I could hang out and do this all day long, no, to be honest. It's such a good conversation. But it's good to just relax and be myself and not try to talk what, anything. And, you know. That's what I wanted, and I'm so yeah. happy with this conversation. So I cannot thank you enough. Yeah. I really and I think I got to thank my crew and my all the supporters and uh, and the kids and their parents and the teachers and everybody. So many yeah. people helped make this happen. I. Indeed. It wouldn't have happened without them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Uh, thank you yes, to sir. everybody in the live chat. Thank you for the questions. Um, I, If you haven't seen Aerial Phenomenon, please, I cannot recommend it enough. You will not be disappointed. Show it to your friends and family. They will enjoy it too. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. I'm going to be back in about 10 days' time. I'm having a short vacation next weekend for my partner's birthday. So, uh, yep, a little delay there. But, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Goodbye. You're listening to the Anomalous Podcast Network. Multiple voices, one phenomenon.